welcome to the Learning for Good podcast. Nonprofit learning leaders want to develop the skills their people need to scale their mission and create greater impact. If that's you, you're in the right place. This show guides you through learning and development best practices, top trends, and aha moments so you can deliver the very best staff development opportunities, even in a virtual world. It's Learning for Good with your host, Heather Burright. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Learning for Good. Now, this month, we've been focused on creating connection in the virtual or hybrid environment. And this week's episode is one simple but effective virtual learning activity. Now, in our last episode, we talked about three must-haves in any virtual training. If you haven't checked that video out, you're going to want to do that. It's more about being intentional with your time in the virtual classroom. But once you've figured out how to create a relevant and meaningful virtual training, it's time to think tactics. And that's where today's episode comes in. We're going to talk about this one simple but effective tactic that you can use in your virtual training. When to use it, how to use it, and when not to use it. Let's dive in. It's learning for good. All right, friends. So we are here to talk about one simple but effective virtual learning activity. And that activity is the virtual breakout room. Virtual breakout rooms allow you to divide your participants into smaller groups for discussion or for practice. They can be super effective when used correctly. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. Virtual breakout rooms are an easy thing to include in a virtual training. If you've attended a virtual training, you've probably been in a virtual breakout room. If you've designed a virtual training, you've probably included a virtual breakout room. But that doesn't mean that virtual breakout rooms are always used effectively. So let's talk about when to use the virtual breakout room. And here are three times that I found it's really good to use a virtual breakout room. The first is when your learners have relevant experience to share with each other. So maybe you're building on some existing skill set that they have, or you're talking about a skill that they're going to use in a situation that they've already faced in the past. So they have some experiences that they can draw upon and share with each other. That's a great time to use a virtual breakout room. It gets them into smaller groups. They're able to share more effectively and more people are able to share in the small group than in the large group. Another time to use a virtual breakout room is when you want your learners to practice a skill. So again, because they're going into smaller groups, they have more opportunity to practice that skill than they would in a large group setting. It also feels a little bit safer to practice a skill they're less familiar with because of that small group setting. If they quote unquote fail, it's around a smaller group of people. 
and a smaller group of people that is likely cheering them on. And that feels better than being in the large group. The, another time to use the virtual breakout room is when you feel like learners will benefit from giving each other feedback. Again, our learners often bring experiences and expertise into the virtual room. And so if there is an opportunity that they can share those experiences and give each other feedback on how they're doing in a particular situation or with a particular skill set, that's a great time to use that virtual room, that small group setting. Okay, so let's say you've decided it's gonna be a great time to use the virtual breakout room. You really wanna use it. It makes sense for your learners and for the skills that you're trying to teach and facilitate within the virtual space. So you're gonna use it. Now, how do you do that effectively? First, you wanna create the discussion questions or the activity that supports your objectives. So knowing what you need to accomplish is going to be really important. Go back to what your organization is trying to achieve, what your learners need, what your goals are, and make sure that you have objectives that support those things. And then when you go to create the discussion question or the activity or whatever you're going to do in the virtual breakout room, you're going to go back and you're going to align those questions or that activity to the objectives. You're going to then break participants into smaller groups. I generally recommend about three to five people per group, though this is going to vary based on the size of the group and what it is you're trying to accomplish in that virtual breakout room. The next thing to think about is once they're in that virtual breakout room, you as a facilitator have less access to them. So you wanna provide all of the information that they need to be successful prior to breaking them out. So that relevant information could include um, things like making sure they know what they're gonna do <laughs> when they go into the breakout room. What is the expectation? What do you want them to do once they're there? If the facilitator isn't in the room with them, they need to know that going in. So you can put those instructions on a slide or type them in the chat box. You can send them in an email so that they can refer back to that. Those are all different ways to get that relevant information to the virtual breakout participants before they move into their virtual breakout room. Tell them how long they will have in the breakout room. That's also relevant information that they're gonna to need to know. If they're going through a discussion question and there are five people in the breakout room and they only have five minutes, they're probably not going to have a lot of in-depth discussion. They need to be able to manage their time within the room because you won't be there with them. So tell them how long they're going to have to discuss or to practice so that they can manage their own time. The next thing that is relevant information for them um, to know up front is how they're going to move in and out of that breakout room. Will they be notified? Is it magic? Are they magically transported to the room? Sometimes yes. 
Will they be notified when it's time to come back? Or will they just come back? These are things that are important for them to know so that they're clear on what to expect. Now, another thing that's important for them to know before they go into that virtual breakout room is how you want them to capture and share their discussion. Do you want them to just take notes on their own and come back and share? Do you want them to take notes in some kind of collaborative space like Google Slides? Do you want them to come back and type their notes onto a virtual whiteboard? How do you want them to capture the discussion and then share that discussion once they're back in the main room with all of the participants. They need to know what, who, and how. And taking these steps will help your breakout groups run more efficiently and be more effective. Now, I've given you several ideas of when to use a virtual breakout room because it is a simple but effective virtual learning activity, but there are also times not to use a virtual breakout room. And here are two. First, if you need the subject matter expert in the room, maybe there's something really technical that you need to cover and the subject matter expert is essential to that discussion. If that's the case, keep them in the large group. Another time to keep them in the large group is when you need a facilitator to guide the conversation. Some conversations, your learners, your participants can self-manage. Some conversations are harder to do that. And if you have a more difficult conversation that you need learners to engage in, you may want the benefit of a skilled facilitator helping them through that conversation. That might make that conversation more effective. So if that's the case, we wanna stay in a large group and not move into those virtual breakout rooms. Unless of course you have a skilled facilitator for every virtual breakout room. So that's a couple of times that I found it's better to leave them in a large group than break them up into a smaller group. Virtual breakout rooms are a simple, but effective virtual learning activity when used well. So make sure you know when to use a virtual breakout group, how to use it, and when not to use it. And if you're preparing for virtual training, go grab my free virtual facilitation formula. This formula will help your facilitators reduce the awkward silence of the virtual room. If they've ever asked a question and not received a single answer in the virtual space, it's because the virtual space is very different than the in-person space. So this formula will help you reduce that awkward silence. It'll help your facilitators ask the right questions and more easily engage the participants. It'll help them read the virtual audience a little more effectively because it is different than in-person. And it'll help them leverage the technology for more interaction. I'll drop a link in the show notes below. Also, if you are ready to create custom virtual training for your nonprofit, but are struggling with how to do that well in the virtual environment, 
head over to my website and let's work together to develop the skills that your people need so that you can scale your mission and your impact, even in a virtual world. Thanks for listening to the Learning for Good podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate your support. Stay connected by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review and share the Learning for Good podcast with your community on social media.